You're on SENZ. This is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run back for 2023. Of course, a World Cup year and back again for the Rugby Run. Uh, taking the inside line, as always, uh, Justin Marshall. G'day, Marshall. How are you? G'day, Ricardo, and uh, hello to everybody. I guess it's a little bit too far into the year to be wishing everyone a happy new year, but... Uh, Happy New Year anyway, and it's great to be back on the rugby run, uh, and what an exciting year, Ricardo. Oh my goodness. Um, culminating in, in, a, in a Rugby World Cup in France. Um, back finally to an exciting format for Super Rugby after two years of COVID interruptions. Uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to. Um, Six Nations at the moment is compelling watching, so it's already started off uh, absolutely outstanding this so far this season, and it looks like it's only going to get better. Yeah, I tell you what, um, all of a sudden, Scotland look like a, a possible real threat of this Rugby World Cup, don't they? If that if that were a Rugby World thought. Cup draw wasn't what lopsided as it was, it's getting worse. I'm going to set up a really interesting game now down in Marseille, opening weekend of the Rugby World Cup, where uh, South Africa take on Scotland. Um, so... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their, their performances have only got, uh, got better since they played the All Blacks in November, where they pushed the All Blacks uh, really hard in, the, in that particular game. I think there's no uh, doubt about the fact that the, the reintroduction and the, the fact that uh, Finn Russell and Gregor Townsend have managed to find common ground, uh, that him orchestrating that Scotland attack with some firepower, some good Lucys and quite an adequate uh, front, um, front five, uh, their performance levels have just gone up and up and up from week to week. How good was it seeing them knock England over for the, for the third time in the Calcutta Cup? Man, that did make me smile, I must admit. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one, mate, not the only one. I don't quite like seeing the Poms get beaten at Twickenham, is there? No, absolutely. And, and I certainly feel that when, when you look at the uh, performances of uh, particularly France and Ireland um, looking very, very good. What a cracking game that was in Dublin last weekend. Uh, Wales are the ones that seem to be really struggling at the moment, not only on the field, but off the field. It's, it's very evident, as everyone knows, they're, they're struggling with uh, you know, salary problems with the players unhappy. Uh, and certainly I feel that uh, Warren Gatton probably couldn't have walked, walked into a bigger minefield, to be perfectly honest. Like... Uh, he was seen as being the great Messiah coming back and looking to turn things around, but really he's just walked into uh, an abs- absolute uh, kerfuffle of problems on the field, problems off the field, and uh, a reflection of that is the way they're playing as well. So they're probably the team that have gone backwards. Italy uh, showing real tenaciousness like they have been doing in the last couple of years, so they're looking a lot better side and, and capable. Um, so yeah, it uh, certainly is ominous signs coming out of the UK that a lot of these sides have quite clearly got better than where they've been um, at the last World Cup. Yeah, I think uh, from memory, this is the first ever first ever Rugby World Cup where we go into the Rugby World Cup uh, with the top two nations in the world being out of the six nations, right? And, you know, that that puts a whole different spin on things uh, when, when you look at it that way. And once again, it, it does, the, you know, maybe uh, World Rugby might need to look at when they do the seedings, when they do the seedings for a Rugby World Cup, because at the moment, England, I think, are, seed, uh, are uh, uh, sixth in the world, yet they're the number one seed on the other side of the draw. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the way that obviously that the Rugby uh, World Cup um, is uh, basically the draw being done so far out, uh, it, it certainly does create that disparity when you have sides that are quite clearly um, improving um, but not quite reached their peak. And then because of the seedings and the way that, that it works in terms of world rankings, um, it can be a bit mumble-jumble. So, you know, you certainly feel that I look at what, what I think, Ricardo, is when I look at this World Cup in its entirety, what it does provide the All Blacks with is a genuine chance to come and ambush the tournament. Like, usually they'll go in super hot favourites, uh, no doubt about the fact that they will be the team to be to, to, to beat and be watched. I don't feel that they'll go into this tournament regardless of what happens in the Rugby Championship this year in that vein. I think they will go in probably around about where they're ranked at the moment uh, and... You know, having France in that first up game, and like you say, then the draw the way that it is, you know, there are clear pathways to that final, and the All Blacks have got a, a golden opportunity to to really go in there and and sneak in under the radar and do some real damage, and um, you know, get a good pathway to that final. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean that would be that would be ideal, but man, it's uh, it's looking like it's going to be a hard road, right? It's going to be a hard road, and. Uh, I'd be interested to think, uh, get what you think about what you've seen of Steve Borthwick's England so far because I talked to Chris Foy, the lead writer for the Daily Mail on rugby, um, Martin Gillingham as well, one of the top rugby commentators out of the UK. Neither of them, before the appointment was made, thought it was the right appointment. They both said it's a step backwards for British rugby. He'd be okay as a for, or for English rugby. He'd be okay as a Fords coach, but we need to go offshore for a coach because he is very staid and very tried and true. We're not going to you're not going to reinvent the wheel. And I guess if you're not if you don't have the best type five in the world, you can't just play that no frills rugby and expect to win all the time. Yeah, well, I, I played with Steve Borthwick at Saracens, uh, so I'm very well aware of. His, his method in terms of the way he thinks about the game. You know, he was a senior player at Saracens at that time. Um, he was still currently playing for England. Uh, and, and he is a heavy thinker of the game. Um, but in that way, he's also got um, really strong viewpoints on method. And, and that method is the way that he played the game as well. He knew what he was good at. Um, and he just made sure that each week that he played, he hit those targets. Uh, you wouldn't see anything unpredictable come out of his repertoire as a player. So, you know, when I saw him standing one off the ruck and he was ready to charge onto the ball, he would charge onto the ball. He would do it as an endeavour. He would line a couple of defenders up and he would smash into them. But there was absolutely no way he was going to pass it because that wasn't in his DNA. Mm. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, he, he went from there on into coaching. Um, he had a little bit of a stint with England and then he went to Leicester. They were going along swimmingly and then they started to have some hiccups. And, you know, you just wonder whether or not those hiccups come because the method is so predictable. And so the players eventually get just a little bit, not for want of a better word, bored uh, and, and, and don't have the ability to go outside and uh, outside of the boundaries of what the coach is um, instructing them to do and, and play instinctively. And, and that's probably one thing that I've seen with England since um, he, he's taken over is, you know, the way Scotland played against them, they were quite ambitious. You know, they broke out of their own half quite a few times. Uh, England, you, you pretty much knew what was coming and the, and the, where the areas they're going to attack and they just kept banging away. Look, that's great, but uh, eventually teams will work you out. So, yeah, look, I, I, I couldn't comment enough because 
like I said, I only played with Borthers. Um, these are some of the things that I heard uh, in terms of uh, the discussions that were going around in November when I was over in the UK amongst, like you said, your uh, leading rugby writers or people within the game. They were murmuring the same thing, mm. whether or not it was the right time for him just out from a World Cup and with the fact that he has to really change the way England are playing. So it's going to be interesting to see how he can continue to mould that team throughout the rest of the Six Nations and then um, on to the to the Rugby World Cup because they've got some challenges in front of them. Yeah, they do. Uh, it, it probably leads quite nicely into this chat because uh, one of the blokes that was uh, highly touted to be uh, in the uh, crosshairs of the English uh, Rugby Union was Scott Robertson, um, obviously, and uh, you know, still up in the air his future around the All Black coaching job. But I do see that uh, there's a story that's doing the rounds that Fiji have offered him the coaching job through to the Rugby World Cup. Um, I don't know, he, apparently he's asked New Zealand Rugby for permission to do this post-Super Rugby, uh, but I think that this was quite funny. Tavita Tuola, who's the chief executive of Fiji Rugby, said, I know he's a surfer, so I told him, look, you can come to Cloud Break in uh, Tavarua and come and surf some clouds, some barrels, some big waves there, and come and coach the Flying Fijians, and we'll give you that for free, and you can help our boys reach the quarterfinals. <laughs> Shall we all put our hands up for that? <laughs> that sounds all right, doesn't it? Requisite, you know, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I um, can run water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, there's, there's no doubt about the fact that I think it's very evident through what you hear when Razor speaks, whether it's in the media or you speak to him personally, the, the, the progression he wants to take with his coaching is to coach internationally. I, I think he's been banging that drum now for a good couple of years, and he's he's been... Um, basically uh, touted with England, with France, uh, Australia most recently, and now Fiji. I think the messaging there is the fact that at the moment he's not jumped anywhere, and, and you would suggest that's because he's hanging on for the big job here. But, you know, obviously there's been a, a lot of unsettling time that, that have gone um, with discussions with the New Zealand Rugby Union um, in, in that last calendar year that probably would have unsettled him a bit. Mm. Uh but I do know uh, unequivocally that what he wants to do is coach internationally. You know, he's done club rugby where he's successful with Sumner. He has progressed on to uh, NPC where he's been successful with Canterbury and won titles. We all know his record with the Crusaders. So that that's the next natural step is, is into that international uh, window. And I, 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 look, he's, he's young, but he's ambitious and, and he wants to get there now rather than sit on his hands and he could quite comfortably sit there and coach that Crusaders team for another couple of years. Look, let's face it, he's got an, an, an impeccable record, um, but he's too driven. So, look, I would suggest rumours like that probably uh, have quite a, an element of truth to them and it's a good way for him to cut his teeth to a degree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the New Zealand Rugby Union think, but at the moment they're, they're zipping up, aren't they? And I can mm. see why. You know, they've got to respect what Ian Foster's trying to do here and and protect the players and the coach from all those external um, rumours and conversations that they simply can't control till the end of 2023. Yeah, I guess it's a tough one for them. Um, everybody's expecting them to make a call before the World Cup so we don't end up in the same situation where... All your all your options are off the table because you've waited till the end of the end of the World Cup to to make a change, right? So they need to make a change before that. It's how they make that change and when they when they make the the decision. Um, for me, looking at it, I go 
surely there's a no-brainer. Let him go coach Fiji. He gets World Cup experience before having to go to a World Cup with the All Blacks. But they might think, let's name it after the Super Rugby competition, and then he goes into the fold to learn the ropes in camp and becomes part of the coaching setup into the World Cup. I don't know what you think. Yeah, they won't allow that, I don't think. Um, I, I, I don't entirely see whether or not he sees completely eye-to-eye with uh, some of the coaching methods at the moment um, and whether or not he's in synergy with that entire coaching group. I think that would be more disruptive than productive. So I, I think that the basically the conversations have to be whether or not they are going to allow him to cut his teeth elsewhere. Uh, there's no doubt that you can learn. Look, look at our um, current uh, coaching uh, groups over the last, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 years. You've had guys like Wayne Smith who coached abroad, um, Steve Hansen who coached abroad, um, and and they, they learned a lot from being away and then coming back and coaching the All Blacks. Uh, certainly, you get a viewpoint on, on how different teams approach playing against the All Blacks. Uh, so that gives you really good knowledge as well, you know, like imagine being in a coaching setup where you're planning to beat them and how you go about planning to beat them. You know, to tap into that knowledge and then go on to coach the All Blacks, you kind of get a mindset of what other international teams are thinking. So um, it's a niggly one. They'll be worried that he really enjoys himself. And then they say, I'll tell you what, not only will you get, we'll give you cloud break, we'll send you off to Bali every every month as well. You can go surf there if you take the head coaching job up. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and we'll give it to you for four years. So they'll be a bit nervous that he, he likes too much um, what he doesn't know, if that doesn't make sense. Mm. And what I mean by that is what he doesn't know is what it's going to be like coaching a team apart from the All Blacks. But he does know that having coached the Barbarians, which he coached successfully to beating the second-tier best set of players we've got here in New Zealand. So, yeah, he seems to have already cut his teeth a little bit in that regard.